the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. You can find me at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Um, any f- ideas that you want to ever throw at me? Throw at me. Um, any pieces of advice you want to throw at me? Give them up. And I'll do my very, very best to uh, get them integrated into the show. In any way that I can. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I find, first and foremost, I did some spots yesterday on mistakes that people make and how long you should be in the market and the rule of 72. I got an email from an insurance guy who basically sells annuities. He didn't like what I had to say because what I had to say basically takes money out of his pocket. You need to be very careful of people who sell annuities. Very careful. They're high fee, high commission product, um, and they're going to try to tell you the stock market's a scary place. Even though less than six months ago it hit an all-time high. Now, that's something that, again, you have to feel really comfortable with. People will lie to you. They will mislead you. People are sometimes just very, very poorly trained. And they know how they get paid is by getting, you know, a new sucker to sign on the dotted line. Or in their mind, you know, someone I could get on the dotted line. So be cautious. Um, This market has seen a lot of drama. And I like saying this because it it shows you the drama. It's seen World War I, World War II. It's seen Iraq War I, Iraq War II. It's seen Korea. It's seen Vietnam. On an international event, it's seen, you know, a German dictator putting Jewish people in ovens and cooking them. It's seen dictators kill tens and millions of their own people. It's seen high oil. It's seen low oil. It's seen high inflation. It's seen low inflation, deflation. 
This is a market that has seen everything. It's seen a man on the moon. It's seen Hiro- uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. It's seen everything. It saw Two and a Half Men by CBS. And if you can survive that level of dread and hit an all-time high six months ago, you're, you're going to be okay. So be very cautious on people that, that sell fear. So this market has seen all of that without apps or before there were apps. So you don't need an app to get you wealthy. This market has seen all that before, you know, day trading. It doesn't care about day traders. It rolls over day traders. One of the biggest things you can do is eliminate mistakes. One of the biggest mistakes you can do is is getting fearful and letting other people put ideas into your head that, that are incorrect. Now, the market doesn't go up every year. It goes up 7 out of 10 years. Now, if you try to look at odds of things in the world, those are the, some of the best odds possible. Your odds of winning the lottery, it's incredibly minuscule. Your odds of winning on Wall Street are 70%. Your odds of being an all-star Major League Baseball player are pretty good if you can hit the ball 3 out of 10 times. Wall Street hits it 7 out of 10. So what what the fear? Now, the fear is is right now. When you've had a market that's up seven years in a row, or you've maybe you've had a stock, you know, that you've really enjoyed the ride with, Facebook comes public at forty ish, goes down to eighteen and goes to a hundred. Um, should you be buying it at all time high? Probably not. That's a mistake you can eliminate. One of the ways you could do that is to say, I'm going to buy stocks, I'm going to buy ETFs or indexes, and I'm going to buy them every couple quarters, every couple months, whatever works for you. I've got a 401k, and this insurance guy attacked me because I said, you know, people should be maxing out their 401k. I think I did a story about start with, you know, 6% and try to get it up to 15. Even if you only do it, you know, 1% per year, I showed how somebody who's making $40,000 could add basically another $139 a month to their retirement just by adding 1% per year. Another $139 a month by adding 1%. And that's when you're not working, remember that. And so this insurance guy kind of wrote me a nasty little letter. He's like, you should tell people the risks of 401ks, they don't always go up. What if someone doesn't have an 84-year time horizon? And I didn't imply 84-year time horizon. That's the thing that sucks is, again, how stupid some people can be. And he worked for a firm, and I looked him up, and they've been basically been sued numerous times. Not sued. They've gone to arbitration numerous times because people got hurt by the product that they put them in, annuities. So, yeah, you do have to have a time horizon that makes sense, but you almost automatically win by putting money in a 401k. Because if your tax rate was 25% last year in federal taxes, you're not paying 25%. Your dollar is actually pre-taxed on the federal tax side. It grows tax-deferred, so any capital gains you don't pay taxes on. And then hopefully in retirement, you have a lower tax bracket. Although some people will and some people won't. So you automatically win in a 401k or 403b or 457. And this this dillhead, I know you're saying, did you just call him a dillhead, like a dill pickle? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, I wanted to use harsher language. 
But this fall, basically, you should tell people that you have to have the big cameras and like, yeah, seven out of ten years. You you definitely want ten years before you commit to investing. If you can't do more than five years, you you shouldn't invest. Same thing with buying a house. You know, same thing. You know, with buying a house, it's you can't expect to always be at all time highs. And there are going to be years that are give back years. In theory, the market's made up of winners and losers. And the best way you can eliminate being a loser is to start getting into stocks on a regular basis, scaling in. So at the start of 2016, when things were, you know, horribly wrong, when it was darkest before the dawn, that's the best time to be buying. Down 10% is a sale. Down 20% is a wonderful sale. Down 30% is a fire sale. And very rarely to get more than that. But when you do, the best time to invest, ding, 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 is low. Buy low, sell high. So start eliminating some of your mistakes. Um, have a list of investments that you would like to own. Have a list that you know shows you you know, they're 52-week highs, they're 52-week lows, they're three-year highs, they're three-year lows. Know that you're snapping up quality stuff when things are on sale. So have a list of quality. Don't get sucked into the 24-hour news cycle. Um, it's just not worth it. Take a look at, you know, uh, at any election year where you're like, wow, that Carly Fury did really good at the debate. She's, she's surging. And then, like, she's gone the next day. Um... New cycles change, and they're not worth changing your investment philosophy, your discipline over. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. And your money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. Well, we spent a long time getting here through the fear. It was too dark to see. If you answer honestly, I'm sorry that it's not. I'm not sure about some of the things that you hate, but there's a lot of things that I hate. You've heard this numerous times from me. I hate the girls from Sex in the City. Why? Because they promote four hundred dollar shoes. And for most Americans, four hundred dollar shoes is probably the worst idea on the planet. Now, again, I will say this. If you're going to spend money on things that lose value, go with quality. I'd rather you have a Rolex than a $400 watch. Go 4000 versus 400 Because that Rolex will have some resale value, whereas the $400 watch will have no resale value. Another thing I hate are people that constantly complain. Um... 
I recently saw someone like, was it Starbucks, who changed the rewards program? And basically, you're going to, you know, earn stars based on how much money you spend versus one trip equals one star, ten stars equals one free cup of anything. I'm not quite sure how the, the program works. You can tell that I'd rather make coffee at home than Starbucks. I know, that makes me cheap. But to me, I don't see paying four bucks for a cup of coffee. Uh, I have no shame. I became much more powerful as a man, both as a lover and as an investor, when I learned have no shame. You know, I don't have a six-pack, but I'm not. I'm certainly not going to hide in a t-shirt. So have fun, enjoy. So it's just flesh, right? Um, same thing goes with investing and saving money. So I think a four-dollar cup of coffee is just looks stupid. So I'd rather you see where I'd rather you be owning a McDonald's cup of coffee, or worse yet, just buy the McDonald's coffee and put it in your own, you know holder so people don't have to see that you're drinking Starbucks coffee or uh, McDonald's coffee. If, if you're ashamed of it, get over it. Uh, but the people who are like, well, Starbucks just changed the reward program, so I guess I'll be spending more time at my local coffee, com- coffee shop. You should be doing that anyway. And just because they're not giving the reward that you want, you should probably be spending more time at your local coffee shop. If that's that, if that's important to you, do it. Don't let a rewards program be your motivator for helping out your local economy. So, I don't know. I was watching, uh, I was doing some research yesterday, and one of the, the reports I was reading was on marketing. And there's there's a real interesting thing that one of the reasons Walmart sales are struggling is because they're using a lot of data to figure out. And you've heard the phrase big data. They're using a lot of data. To figure out what to stock, what to you know have ready, what to have, what do people want, and you know people go into Walmart in large part buy cheap stuff, right? That's not uncommon of a thought. But don't you think those people also, you know, yeah, they, okay, I want you know to buy a hundred rolls of toilet paper at you know fifty cents a roll, way better than going out and buying toilet paper four for you know three dollars and you're paying. You know, a buck plus per roll. Or in this case, 75 cents or whatever. 90 cents. Um, I get cost savings. I do. And I'm not knocking Walmart for that. But this researcher was basically doing some studies that found that a lot of people, you know, a lot of things are missing from big data. And that's one of the reasons Walmart's struggling. That people do actually care about shopping locally. And that they actually feel guilt and ashamed going into a Walmart. So what could Walmart do to fix that? They could stock a lot of more regional products. Um, and their data doesn't tell them that because they don't get the shame of why people aren't coming in. They only get the mathematics of what's selling well in different various parts of the store. So big data is, I think you're going to see it's a great buzzword, but there is also something to be said for the human element. Um, just throwing that out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the most stressful times to be alive is when your spouse dies. A lot going on. Couples, a lot of times, divvy up household duties. Um, 
there's a guy that I know that leaves for I just met him. Uh, who, who was this? Oh, he was a hedge fund CFO. I think he had two or three kids. I want to say three. And from talking to his spouse, I said, you know, it's weird. I don't know how to, like, cook breakfast anymore. Because I'm always getting up at 4.30 driving into work. And she goes, my husband's the same way. And what's even funnier is that he wants to take care of the kids on the weekend because she's been taking care of the kids Monday through Friday while he goes to work. And she has to feed them and get them dressed for school and stuff like that. So he wants to do it on the weekend. But he has no clue what the kids eat for breakfast. He can handle dinner because he's home putting time for dinner, but he has no clue. So a lot of people divvy up household duties, and you can see how that one already is a stress. But imagine when someone dies and their ability to do those duties go away. I think finances should be a a couple's decision, not an individual. I think they should do it together because one day someone's going to die. I think you should communicate. A lot of times, you know, married couples... Uh, they kind of assume, like, oh, husband needs to get to bed early because he gets up early. Um, but maybe the husband wants to hang out with the kids and read them a book tonight. And then the, you get that, she didn't check in with me, and, you know, she used to check in with me, and my personal fulfillment's going down. So communication is pretty important, um, in my opinion. Uh, before one spouse dies and you become incredibly stressed out, let both spouses know about beneficiary issues. Um, you want to keep beneficiaries up to date, but after one spouse dies, you, you particularly want to take a look at it again. Um, and sometimes people update beneficiaries electronically and it doesn't get done correctly. So it's really, really important that you stay on top of that. In my 20s and early 30s, anyone who I dated, I made them a beneficiary on any 401k or any investment product or any insurance product that I had because I didn't really care about my family. Um, so it could take months to resolve bad beneficiary issue. So do it before someone dies. So try to figure out, you know, how to simplify things after you hit the age of 60. A lot of retirees have multiple IRAs and you could turn 70 and a half and you need to start taking required minimum distributions and someone dies. And do you still do that? Do you not? So you need to learn this stuff. So you could have double the investment products under your guidance when a spouse dies. Um, and it can be doubly stressful. I believe in leaving a legacy for people behind. I don't want to be the guy who bounces a check on the day he dies. Um, I don't like that. That idea to me is like, what if I don't die? What if I, I think I'm going to die, I bounce the check, and then for some reason I live another 10 years. Um, you want to shop around on you know, different types of insurance you get. You want to shop around on the different types of, like, uh I think everyone should get a trust if you live in the state of California. Put your house in it. You'll avoid probate. Um, A lot of people don't think that when you die that there's legal costs tied towards processing your death. California is very, very expensive, especially if you have property or or multiple children from multiple marriages. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So a little bit earlier I was mentioning that yesterday I was talking about you should have six months of your salary saved up as an emergency fund. And the concept goes back to two to six months. But it's it's also evolved. Sometimes people will say, hey, it's two to six months of your, your salary. Some people say it's two to six months of your budget. Um, the point being is I said, you know, one or the other. And I got a, this jerk annuity salesperson uh, emailed me. And he was all contrite and just grotesque. He's banal. Um, just the emptiest human being I can imagine. He's like, you should really tell people that it's six months of expenses that they need, not income. How about I just say, start saving more money, people. Wake up. Have an emergency fund that's truly meant for an emergency. I just heard a spot where someone was giving advice to put your credit cards in, in the freezer so that they're frozen and you can't really get to them. And it's going to take hours to get to them so that you, when you need to use your credit cards... How about credit cards are a wonderful damn thing used by responsible adults? And grow up and be responsible is the right thing to say. The rewards that are offered today are some of the best rewards packages ever. There's credit cards that give you 2% cash back. There's one sums that give you 2, 2% off all purchases tied towards travel. That's amazing. Now, again, is it the best ever? No. Discover has some like some perks like 5% on gas and uh, 4% on office equipment, and like, sure, okay, I get it. You know, to me, that's a little too complicated. I'd rather go with the 2% known versus the, okay, you have to do this and that. Chase Sapphire card right now has an amazing deal if you throw down uh, and, and charge things. And, but you're allowed to pay them off. You don't have to carry a balance. I don't, I don't encourage that. I don't encourage ever getting interest charged on your cards. But I use them intelligently and wisely. Don't put them in the freezer. That's just moronic. That's just saying you, the listener, are, are, are like a dog. You can't control yourself. When dogs smell each other's butts, I used to think that was the most gross and disgusting thing until someone told me, yeah, that's kind of like them trading, trading business cards. I'm like, it's still gross and disgusting. Can't they control themselves? No! When you take your dog for a walk, it's like taking them outside and having them read the newspaper. Um, where does this all go? I don't even know at this point in time, but credit cards aren't bad. And you need to save more money into an emergency fund. It's truly an emergency fund. Um, I got hit earlier this year where a hot water heater in one of my rentals blew up. And I'm not the landlord who's like, well, let's drag it out for two weeks and get get estimates and see what we can do. I'll fix the problem. And I did. And, you know, it wasn't cheap. $2,000, I, I, I said, go with the top of the line one. Go with one that's got good reliability. And uh, the plumber did. And I, I like that. But that was a couple thousand dollars that I wasn't, I wasn't budgeting for. It was a surprise. Now, I just brought up something that I think is pretty intelligent. Reliability. Do I do reliability or do, do I do bacon? Reliability or bacon? Hell, let's do bacon. Good news for bacon lovers. The U.S. is rolling around in pork bellies. 
which basically means the cost of bacon is coming down. Now, I love bacon. Bacon's probably a carcinogen, right? Bacon's probably not good for you, right? But you have to eat a lot of bacon for it to, like, really have those kind of effects. But it's still not great for you. You know, it's not like it's, it's rich in vitamin B, C, D, E. Pork bellies. I love, the, I love talking pork bellies. So supplies of pork bellies in cold storage jumped in recent months. Um, an increase in supplies could mean there's less demand, less consumption. Generally, that means prices go lower. So the Department of Agriculture reports that there's nearly 62 million pounds of pork bellies in cold storage last month. That's up 14% from the month before and up 13% from last year's levels. Now, that kind of supply in the world of commodities, growing supply means that they're going to cut prices because they need to move it. Why do they need to move it? And you're like, it's, it's frozen pork bellies, right? Oh, no, it's the cost of freezing. It's the cost of storage. So you want to move that stuff on. It's possible that bacon no longer smells as sweet to consumers. Pork producers may have so completely recovered from that 2014 swine flu epidemic, which decimated supplies, and they're now frying up the bacon, you know, market with a little bit too much pork out there. Swine flu, bird flu, swine flu affects prices of bacon. Bird flu affects prices of of turkeys and chickens. And those are real ways of investing, believe it or not. Because when a flu outbreak hits an animal community, we basically kill a lot of animals. And the supply of them goes down. And people still love bacon, but there's not as much bacon out there, so we drive up the price. So, yes, bacon is an investable treat. And it's very much so an investable theme. So go with that, bacon lovers. Uh, pork bellies are investments. I love that. I'm not sure why I love that, but I love that. So one of the things I was trying to get at is reliability. And J.D. Power comes out with a vehicle dependability survey every year. And they found a 3% decline in the reliability of cars and trucks after three years of ownership with an average 152 problems per vehicles. So the quality of new cars right now is sagging. In large part, you know, there's probably a lot more technology that's going into it, but that's going to consume, that's going to get the consumer all frustrated. So the navigation systems, for instance, might be spotty, and people will stop using it because of that, but navigation systems aren't cheap. They're expensive. Um, people having problems with the voice control. If you've ever tried to use voice control on cars, it's, it's pretty humorous. If you thought you had problems with Siri, try it on a car. Um, it's even worse. So over the last five years, millions of Americans have bought vehicles, cars, trucks. Um, there's, you know, the promise when you buy a new vehicle that, you know, you're going to be able to stay connected. There's going to be this promise of, you know, better technology, better experience. So do yourself a favor and get into the J.D. Power, you know, dependability of vehicles concept. Uh, find out which vehicles are going to have the most problems, because problems are money. Problems are time. Time is money. I totally believe that. And one of the best things you could do in life is look at yourself as worth at least $200 an hour. Um, I once used an attorney like five years ago that was $200 an hour. Now he's almost $500 an hour. Uh, 
I can't value myself at $500 an hour, but if I did, I'd be a lot more efficient with my time. I've got a friend who tells some of the dumbest stories on the planet. And you're like, what's the, the payoff's going to be great. The payoff's going to be great. He's talking about his brother. And one time, my brother. And you're like, the payoff's going to be like, what? It's going to be a great payoff. And it's a horrible payoff. So I've learned to tell him, like, hey, get to the point. Um, I got stuff I need to do. So most reliable vehicles, uh, the Buick Murano, Lexus Murano, uh, Nissan Murano. So it's the Buick Murano, the Nissan Murano. What this, what's up with these names? The Chevy Equinox, the BMW, Porsche 911, Porsche Boxster, Toyota Corolla. So try to get a car that's reliable, especially if it's a used car. I know that's kind of pretty obvious, all things considered, but... Um, the more reliable, the less money you're going to be putting in fixing it up. Um, I've got a car right now that's got 155,000 miles on it, and the clutch is starting to slip. So, not the clutch, excuse me, the uh, transmission. And it's a German car, and the transmission, it's tough to get to the transmission. So, I took it into a, a, a local German car automatic mobile fixer kind of group and they said it's five thousand dollars to change the transmission fluid i'm like five thousand dollars change transmission fluid isn't it like ninety dollars at a you know a jiffy lube an oil service company and yeah he's like this one takes a special tool to get to they basically built the transmission into the middle of the engine they built the transmission in the middle so you have to basically take apart parts of the engine to get to it and I'm like, I will. I hate German cars. I hate German cars. Not because of the whole Hitler thing. I'm over that. I've moved past that kind of hate. I hate German cars because they have, like, automatic parking brakes. Instead of pushing your foot down, stomping it, there's a button to turn on the automatic brake. Because Lord knows people can't be uh, lifting their foot and stomping down a pedal. Oh, no. But you know that automatic parking brake? The sensor's going to brake on it. You know it. I know it. Sensors. Oh. The Chevy K car, good old reliable vehicle. Yes, yes, if I had a million dollars, I'd buy you a Chevy K car. It's reliable. Damn it. So, anyway, you can find me online at robblackshow.com. You can email me, rob at robblackshow.com. Any thoughts, questions, ideas, anything you want me to talk about, not talk about? Um, diversification versus trying to hit home runs? Yeah, hey. Um, I get I get that if you're starting to save later, you're going to have to expose yourself to a little more volatility. And I get it, and I'm fine with that. You need to be comfortable with that, because a little more volatility may not be something you, you realize affects you and turns you fearful. Whereas I like volatility. I like roller coasters. Um, just saying. Do you like roller coasters? You can find me online at robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com. Black and your money on AM 1220 KBOW and iHeart Radio Station. Thanks for listening to the show. 
Hats off to super producer Jeremy for playing roller coaster after I mentioned the word roller coaster last segment. I don't look at Wall Street as a roller coaster. I think it has that feeling at times to people who look at it incorrectly. Um, I want to get you to retirement. This is not a game for me. This is not life or death for me, but it's also not a game for me. And the best way to do it is to get you focused on getting a big nest egg. I don't want you to live in a mobile home. I find mobile homes sad. Now, again, if you live in a mobile home, don't get mad at me. I'm just saying I don't like them for me. And I see way too many people not have enough money, hit retirement, and go, oh, I wish I would have known. So I don't do a subtle nudge. I'm going, you need a million dollars to give yourself income of $40,000 a year, ultimately till you die. Yes, there's some teeny tiny twitches and, you know, amplifications to that number. You're trying to beat inflation over time. You're like, well, if I had a million dollars, I could pay myself. Well, look at it, $50,000 a year. Two years is 100000 Then you times that by five, and you're like a million dollars. I could probably live off a million dollars pretty easy and not, and not just draw down 40000 no, you're, you're missing the point. You're missing things like inflation. You're missing things like down years in the market and trying to keep up. So President Barack Obama and, you know, any president, their number one goal is getting people to save more money for old age. Back in the day of my mom and dad, I know you're saying, wah. Uh, there was pensions, and my father was in the military. Great pension. So he got, you know, essentially about $70,000 a year till the day he died, and then it went to my mother. That's rough. But, you know, my mother is 80 years old, so he, my dad hasn't worked in 20-plus years. Uh, and in this case, 25-plus years, because he's dead. I know you're saying, way to bring down the show, Black. Yes, my dad is dead. Um, and I don't look at death as a sad thing. I look at death as a celebration of what did that person bring to your life. And he bought, he brought me a very practical, I'm a very practical person. So I need us to save more money. So I love companies at this point in time that automatically sign you up and you have to opt out of a 401k. I love the guy at the office who's 45 years old and comes to the 25-year-olds and says, hey, you need to be saving more for retirement. Hey, old man, I don't need to save more for retirement. Yes, you do. And this is why. I think policymakers should have more of a, a, a pen that's strong when writing policy. And I don't think you should trust people's psychology. Um, little to no cost to taxpayers in the long run, you're going to save money. So behavioral economics is something that should be studied and, and you know figured out. If you can get a 20-year-old thinking that saving is a great thing, that goes a long way. So my whole show is trying to get you to retirement. Yesterday we heard from a guy who had MS. And his health is going down fast. And that's one of the problems with, with retirement, is your health does go down fast. 
and I'm probably going to get myself in trouble for saying this out loud, and I should probably turn my internal editor on, but look at Hillary Clinton now that she's over 60. Um, when she and Bill were first put in the White House, she's a pretty good-looking, skinny woman. And now she's just getting, you know, round everywhere. And weight is a killer. Weight leads to diabetes. Weight leads to strokes. Weight problems are, are not good. And again, I'm not attacking a woman for having weight on her body. I'm saying that as we get older, we tend to turn into more Oompa Loompas than we do spin and svelte 20-year-olds. Uh, with that said, health is very expensive. And that's one of the reasons, that, like in the world of investments, if you can get a, uh, a cancer drug or a diabetes drug, holy mackerel. We have an epidemic in the United States. We're getting older and we're getting heavier. Poverty itself tends to lead people to make self-destructive decisions, uh, which is horrible. Don't we all know someone who's pretty poor and all they do is eat chips and sit on the couch? Um, people obviously go for anything that's satisfying in the now to exclude the future, you know, pain and sacrifice of saying, you know, I love chips. I love chips. This is going to sound really old-fashioned. I like jelly beans. I just like, I like my candies to be sugary and not chocolatey. Um, but I don't sit there and, like, mire myself in self-satisfaction of, of pounding jelly beans. To me, jelly beans you get to eat once a year, and that's near Easter. Because what what doesn't say, you know, Christ risen from a grave better than jelly beans, right? Whoever came up with the religious, whoever came up with the holiday symbolism, symbols of Easter, I don't quite get it. A bunny, Easter eggs, jelly beans, Christ coming up after being dead for 40 days. Hmm. How do those work? I know you're saying, is he going to say Christ was the first zombie and America loves zombies? Thus, America loves the Pope right now. I'm not going to put that all together because I don't have the brain to put that all together, but there's something there, right? Oh, so people hurt themselves. I would like to see more than a nudge from other people other than just me. I'd like to see Congress get in on the act. I'd like to see the president get in on the act. I'd like to see you get in the act. Get people to save more money in a 401k, 403b, 457, Roth IRA, Roth 401k, any of those vehicles are a good idea. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.